Yeah, no, you hate. I mean, you just hate to see it. And first of all, another thing you hate to see, I didn't even press record there. Bit of a screw up for the people. I mean, that's just what we do here. We'll back it. We'll bounce it back here. So welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, Johnny Junta, and we're here with a special guest, the guy that's been there, a guy that's carved in the major leagues, Stephen Brault. What is up, Stephen? Uh, I'm just hanging out. I'm back at home. Take two. Holy Take shit, two. Johnny. You hate Press to see record. it. Hey, I'm a Juco guy. Plain and simple, I'm a Juco guy. We're not going to bring up what we just talked about because, like I said, I wanted to go into the year you had this year. And me being such a big Stephen Brault guy, right, mm. after you carved, I believe you went shut, a shutout, I was starting to do the mental math in my head. I was like, if Trevor Bauer gets shelled or if he struggles, can Stephen Brault possibly win the Cy Young? That's just me being a Stephen Brault guy. So how did this year go for you, man? I mean, I was just pumped up to see some of the appearances you had. I was like, let's go, Brault. Dude, I appreciate it. Uh, there's this guy, though, named Jacob DeGrom. I don't know if you've heard of him. But oh, yeah, I think I've heard of him. Too. Uh, no, I, you know, it was a weird season, obviously, because of all the COVID stuff and the summer camp and everything. But I got to come back on time from an injury, but I was held back to, you know, doing kind of uh, piggyback starts only a few innings first, first like half of that season. Um, so I wasn't able to really get going too much, but I was working on a lot of stuff. Um, so I had a few, you know, whenever you're working on new delivery stuff, it can kind of get to you. And so there was a little bit of, uh, you know, some, some, a few starts in there that didn't go as well as planned, but uh, didn't end up, you know, exactly where I was had two really good starts in your first career complete game which was sick um and yeah you know a team played a lot better at the end so it's a good sign you know going to next year but dude it was it was fun weird season but fun what also helps out is when you have a kid by the name of Cab- keep I don't want to say his name Cabrian Hayes or something he, like that Brian, he's disgusting he, he is disgusting at the game of baseball and to think how young he is it makes me hate my life even more because this <sighs> guy should be second year third year university and he's just mashing baseballs for a living in yeah. major leagues he's uh he's unbelievable man it's it's really cool having like uh first of all when you have just like a defensive stud in the infield behind you right so like when he first when he first comes up and you've heard all the good things about his defense but i never played with him before and uh and he his one of my first outings with him back there uh whit merrifield the royals bunted to start the game perfect bunt right down the third baseline off the bat i'm like well that's a hit that sucks whatever and then all of a sudden key brian comes up grabs it smooth throw beats him by a whole step and i'm like shit like that is something else <laughs> like he made it look super easy and that's the thing is that he's one of those guys super slow heartbeat like makes some really nice plays of course but like he makes difficult plays just look like easy routine plays like over and over again it's super it's impressive and also you know whatever i guess he can hit he hit like 370 with five bombs so that's okay dude what this guy does and to think about it because it's kind it's kind of crazy to look back on it because if he if he started the year with you guys and seeing how well like the pirates did the last i guess quarter of the season it's just crazy to think where it would have been if he started the whole year what his stats would have been and what your guys win loss record would have been because i mean trevor williams kind of struggled this year but joe musgrove his last start i believe absolutely just diced and was kind of coming in coming in yeah. starting to feel it his so last, it's just crazy starts, yeah, yeah his last yeah. two starts so it's kind of crazy to think where you guys would have been if all this momentum kind of started in a full 162 game season right right that's that's what's weird is we're thinking we're looking at we just finished may right and we just had a horrible april may record wise but we just hit our stride like our starting pitchers for like the last two weeks had like a combined like 0.8 era or something like that Pitch keller had two no hit starts in a row but he was just throwing too many pitches so he couldn't actually finish the no hitters um 
but like, yeah, everybody was dealing, like the offense was clicking. And a big part of that, you put a guy at the top of the lineup, Key was hitting two for us. And he's, I think he's going to be our two hitter for a long time. Um, but he's sitting two for us, getting on base, setting things up. And like, it just completely changes everything. when you kind of get that momentum. It just felt different those last few weeks. And like, that's just from one player. So who knows what could have happened, you know, throughout an actual season, but doesn't matter because we didn't have an actual season and we started so shitty that basically didn't matter how, how well we did the rest of the season. It wasn't going to happen. So um, yeah. it's whatever, but now we get to watch playoff baseball and I love playoff baseball. Exactly. I do too. And especially the one thing I always mentioned, I made a funny Twitter video, of the blue Jays in the playoffs. I mean, it's just a win-win for me having the Toronto blue Jays in the playoffs, but I want to talk about the season. One last thing. One of the positives to look back on the season for me is, is a guy that I just despise, a guy by the name of foul ball guy. He's not going to games anymore. And that makes my heart happy. When I just look at his, when I look at him, like he was hoarding outside of Buffalo at Salem field for the blue Jays catching foul balls. What are you doing, dude? When that guy, that guy not being in the stadium, I just love to see it. I don't know about the players, but I just love to see that kind of thing. Oh no. Wait, whenever foul ball guys around, uh, you, you try to make sure to not just, just make sure <laughs> balls go anywhere other than where he is. Dude, but I will say it's pretty amazing because like, we'll do everything we can to make sure he doesn't get any. And he still will like in batting practice. He's just always in the right spot. It's really frustrating, but actually Funny story about that. Our bullpen catcher. Yeah, Jordan. We had him on the pod. Jordan hates it. Yeah, yeah. They have huge beef. And it's hilarious (laughs) because, like, nobody's heard about, like, this guy, foul ball guy this year because he can't go into stadiums. And then nobody's heard about Funky because he's a bullpen catcher, you know, whatever. Yeah. But then, like, people are still on random posts this guy makes. People are still calling out Funky. Like, hey, do you still hate that guy? And it's just like, dude, I haven't, like, I haven't been a part of this guy for a whole year and I'm still getting hate pretty awesome it is it, it's incredible and I just I just despise the guy I, I, mm-hmm. I the reason why I despise the guys because when I was younger I was at like I think a Yankees game or a Jays game and this guy was just being a d-bag to all the kids like there was balls flying everywhere he's just pulling them up grabbing these balls from the kids like in the seats trying to get the first be the first guy there and I'm just like dude like, you're 40 you're 40 something years old like well, what's going on here yeah, he's the guy that he, – there's no shame there. He pushes kids around. One of the things that we do sometimes, because Funky loves messing with crazy foul ball people, yeah. is during batting practice, you'll see them all grouped up like in front of the fence. Funky will get a ball, and he'll turn around, and he'll throw it like up like two sections above <laughs> them and just watch like four grown men sprint their asses up to try to get this ball. Dude, it is hilarious. It's like, guys, it's just a baseball. Like, let the kids get it. Like, I was a kid. I remember wanting to get baseballs. You know, you'd work for it. And you see these adults, like, knocking kids out of the way. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, it's, it, it's honestly unbelievable. But let's get into the playoffs here. It's the playoff show. Yeah. Like I said, the first ever co-host on the podcast. I promised that I needed it. I, me and you get along. I mean, you. this is the kind of guy, for the people listening, that's probably going to be the godfather of my child, maybe even in the yeah, wedding yeah, party yeah. for me. Right, of course. You just love to see it. But you, let's, break, let's go into the AL first, then the NL, because you're more of an NL guy. But I just want to get your thoughts here. So we'll go into the first series, the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Rays. Right. Here's some nuggets here, okay? The Toronto Blue Jays are 4-6 and six against the Rays, but they have way more runs than the Tampa Bay Rays. The Jays yeah. are going Ryu game two. Don't understand why, but who cares? What are your thoughts on this series? Because I'm thinking I'm going to say Jays in three just because I'm a Jays guy. Right. Well, I was, uh, that's not going to happen. I was, <laughs> watching, uh, I was watching MLB last night, and they were talking about how I think the, the manager for the Blue Jays actually came out and said they're throwing Ryu game two because they really want to win that game more so than yeah. game one. And game one, like game one, you got Snell going, like that's going to be tough. Glass is going game two for the Rays. My guy, my guy. He's, at any point, like he's going to strike out 10. It's just whether or not he gives up the hits in between. 
Um, but like Snell's been unhittable this year. Glass has been, you know, still, he's still been giving up some runs. Um, but I just, I don't see Glass getting hit at all by the Blue Jays because since they're so aggressive, his fastball at 100 that cuts and then his curveball that bounces in front of the plate that people swing at because they can't tell the difference. It's going to be a hard, I mean, I don't see the Blue Jays winning that series at all. But also, you never know because home run hitting teams like the Blue Jays, it's just about, hey, is it is it a hot time for you? Do you happen to hit six home runs in a game, you know? Or yeah. they get shut out. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is that I found with the, the – if you're comparing lineups, right, the Rays have the sixth most strikeouts in all of baseball and, like – in the, in the lineup of hitters. Yep. So if the Jays pitchers can, in my mind, this is probably just me being a fan and a guy that loves the Jays. If they can kind of keep the Rays a little bit down on the runs and they just, let's say, get string two or three runs off of Glasnow or Snell, the Jays might have a chance. But I'm not doing that. I love Tyler Glasnow. He's come on the show. He's my guy, one of the best-looking guys in baseball. So oh, when yeah. he plays the Jays, I might have to say, you know what, I'll put my fandom aside. I'm going to go with Glasnow. But – let it go. Blue Jays one, Rays two, and then you would you would hope Blue Jays three. I, yeah. I hope Rays three because I love Glass. He's a personal friend of mine, so yeah. I, I would love to see him get to the World Series. But, um, dude, I mean, and also, but you're also taking into account, like, how many innings are they even going to let Snell and Glass go? Like, if they're doing really well, they'll let him go, but their bullpen is so good that at any point, let's say, like, you get in the jam, this is the, like, this is the playoffs, man. Like, it's no offense to you, but we're trying to win this game right now. Difference being, there's no days off this year. So, like, you can't just throw out your bullpen over and over and over again. So, it's, it's a different setup this year with this playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I still got the Rays winning that series. I'll, okay. go, I'll go Rays in three, though. I'll okay. Yeah. See, even if we make it to game – even if the Jays – because I'm not going to say we. I hate when fans say we when they're talking about a baseball team, by the way. I don't know what you yeah. guys think. But oh, when we, I'm talking yeah. to someone and they're saying we this, we that, I'm saying, who are you in the front office? Like, I have no idea who you are. Just t- say the team. I don't know yeah, if you guys team. hate that. You can say I, – I feel like you can say my team. You yeah, know, because they're your team, like you follow them. But, yeah, saying the we thing, we always make fun of people. It's the same thing as, like, when <laughs> – when baseball wives say like our crazy baseball life, it's like, yeah. you're not <laughs> playing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. It's, it's, it's his crazy baseball life. You just, you know, yeah, of course it's crazy for you, but uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, we always make fun of that. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And this is another thing that I want to bring up before we go into the next series are, I saw this on Twitter. I don't know if, if, if Bowers is trying to start stuff, but are, is the home team fans allowed to attend the games and away teams aren't? I don't know if that's true or not. Is that it's true? It's not home team fans. It's home team families. Or player, family, sorry, family. That's, families. What I mean. that's what I've heard. Basically, uh, you're allowed to, like, be in the, like in the boxes, right? So, I mean, you're still away from everybody else. I, I don't know. Um, since we're not in the playoffs, we didn't get, like, the full rundown of how everything works. Okay. Um, but, like, I would assume, yeah, that, that makes sense. But I do, I do agree with his gripe about the team hotels. Yeah, um, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. And for, that's what we've been doing all year, but it hasn't been a strict bubble, right? I mean, you're in hotels, but now they're doing like supposedly strict bubble, um, but that doesn't there's make normal, sense. It, so you. there's normal people at the hotels and they're just saying no to the family. So Trevor Bauer, what he was saying was, I was pretty funny is, so I guess I should just tell my mom and dad to just book a hotel room in the same hotel, which makes sense. Sorry, I, I broke up there, but yes, I know exactly what you're saying because I saw it. Yes, he's he's saying like, hey, just just rent a room at the same hotel because anybody can live. Be, it is, yeah. It's true. And let's go on to the next series because this is a series that a lot of people are going to be paying attention to. I'm going to be paying attention to it because I'm going to be gambling on it because I love I love the Twins in this series. The yeah. Twins versus the Astros. 
I don't know. A little bit of a little part of me is thinking the Astros are going to try to shut the haters up and just win this series. I have no idea. All I know is that Josh Donaldson's hurt for game one, and this this the season series is five for the Twins, four for the Astros. So I have no idea where this could go. Where do you think this is going to go? Uh, dude, I, I think the Twins offense is going to be able to destroy the Houston pitching staff. Honestly, I don't I don't really see how how they're going to be able to keep the Twins down, especially in a three-game series. If it was a one-game, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But, you know, in a series, a three-game series, I, I don't – and also Maeda has been unbelievable. He's going game one. You got Barrios going game two. Both guys that can just completely shut down an offense. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I got the Twins. I actually got the Twins in two on this one. I think the Astros are going to get swept. Yeah, and, and Kenta Maeda said, like, he's not thinking about the fact that the Astros, the whole cheating scandal in 2017 when he was in the Dodgers. But I truly think deep down in the back of his mind, he's like, I want to carve these guys and show that what happened in 2017 was kind of a fluke against me. I, I don't know. Is that, is, is that what's running through major league pitchers' heads when they're facing a team with a rivalry like that, with a history like that? In the back of their mind, they're thinking, I'm trying to shut these guys up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel that way this year, or felt. Wow, good grammar. I felt that <laughs> way this year. Those last two starts I had were against the Cardinals, who historically have kicked the shit out of me, and the Cubs, who historically have really kicked the shit out of me um, and did really well both times. And there, there is that kind of thought going in, like, I'm going to shut, shut them up, you know, like kind of be able to get, you know, some redemption or whatever you're looking for, a little bit of pride. We're all egotistical. You know, you have to be to get to the level we are. So, yeah, you want to get the ego back for sure. So he's definitely thinking it, but does it make a difference? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure, man. And, and it's actually kind of cool because if you look at the stats of the Astros players this year, and for people who don't think that players aren't thinking about that kind of stuff, just look at the stats of the Astros players this year compared to last year. I mean, you have that offseason, you get caught, caught cheating, and the media is roasting you, and you just put up an absolute goose egg on the, and averages, hits, all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely crazy how much of a factor the media plays within these players, man. I mean, have you kind of see, seen that in Pittsburgh where the media is kind of getting at a guy and he's struggled because he not in, he's not in the, mental, the right mental state? Yeah, I mean, I think that it, it's more based on, like, when you get – when you have people hating on you a lot, especially – I mean, the Astros obviously took it to an extreme this year. Um, you you kind of want to be like, you know what, like, you know, I'm going to shut them up. And then when you start to struggle a little bit, instead of it being like, uh, you know, this is just a little slump, whatever, that's when you, the people have, have a tendency to like truly try to force it, you know, like, oh, I got to get back in. I've got to start hitting again. And that never works. That has never worked in the history of any sport <laughs> trying to force being better. So yeah. like, it's, it's, it's hard to get back into that good mindset. So I, I, I don't know, but they made it to the playoffs, which I didn't think they were going to. So good for them uh, getting the playoffs with a sub 500 record. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're the Astros, so you never know, man. They, they could just take off, start hitting like crazy. Only in the year 2020, man. I mean, you have a, guy, a team like the Astros, sub-500 record, somehow sneak their way into the playoffs. It's, just, it's the yeah. year 2020. So, for this series, like you said, I'm going to take Twins in two. Because even Josh Donaldson being out, who's a massive, massive bat, the mayor of Toronto, I used to call him, yeah. he's, gonna just, he's just disgusting. And when he's back in the lineup, even if he comes back in the lineup for game two, that's going to be a massive recharge if they win game one to just say we're going to sweep these clowns and just win in two. So that's what I think. Yeah, but also go through their lineup without them. I mean, it doesn't make yeah. a huge difference. You got Sano, you got Cruz, you got uh, Kepler out there and left. You got Buxton's been hitting really well, and he's uh, blazing fast. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they have a really good lineup anyway. 
So it's not like they're missing too much, but obviously, yeah, you want Donaldson whenever you can have him. For sure. And here's a little stat about Nelson Cruz for the gambling guys out there. Nelson Cruz has the most home runs against the Houston Astros in major league history. I think, I think, I think that's a stat. I'm not sure. It might be an active player, but Nelson Cruz might go off this series. So stay tuned for that. But the next series here is a massive series. And I like this series because the two jerseys, this is me being a, a, a dumb guy. The two jerseys in this series are electric. I mean, you got the White Sox and the Athletics. Just yeah. two jerseys. You got the pinstripe White Sox, the road grays that are just electric, and then the beautiful Oakland Athletics, the retro jerseys going at it. It's a jersey series. We're calling this – we're going to claim this the jersey series. Matt, uh, Chapman okay. is out for the Athletics, though. So that's a big, big – that's, a, that's a tough one right there. What do you Huge think about though. this series? Um. I, we didn't play the A's this year, obviously. We played the White Sox. The White Sox lineup is, is something Scares. else. Something Scares. else. And Giolito threw a no-hitter against us. So, like, you know, <laughs> he's pretty good. Um, yeah, Giolito and Keiko will go in game one and two. Um, the A's got Lazardo, and I would assume um, – is it – what's that guy's – the lefty's name? Um, I always forget his last name. Let me Starts with the name. Um, but, like, they're – I mean, the, the A's are one of those teams that just plays well. You know, they're just a yeah. good overall team. But the White Sox have the ability to be, like, an amazing team. So it kind of just depends on how they play. If the White Sox play up to their potential, they'll definitely win. But here's this cool stat. Me, I'm not a stat guy usually. I just wanted to come up this, come prepared. The White Sox are 14-0 and against lefties this year. What a stat, by the way. I mean, wow. that, that's insane, right? I was one of those guys. That's all right. That's they, something, they that's something to put in the resume. Yeah, they uh, – they okay, so their lineup is so righty heavy, and not only righty heavy, but also they have uh, you know some of their guys are switch hitters like Moncada. So like you're going up against the lineup with Moncada, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, like all big righties that can hit. Not to mention Jason McCann, who hits lefties at like a 400 clip, crazy or something like that. Um, so I mean they're just they're they're stacked to dominate lefties. So if you're if you're the A's, you're trying to you're trying to throw your righties, but I don't. I think the A's main guys are lefty. Yeah, it's a tough so. look, especially looking back on that, man. I mean, the White Sox are such a wagon this year. They're so young. Luis Robert, in my opinion, I think he, I think he's rookie of the year. I, I don't. I maybe Kyle Lewis actually one or the other. I, I think Luis Robert's disgusting at the game of baseball. So yes. I'm going to take the White Sox in three. I think it's going to be a close series because the A's are sneaky, man. I mean, this Billy Bean massive dips in his mouth he just looks like an intimidating character scary guy i think the a's somehow figured a way to get one and then maybe game three they might sneak it but i'm going to give it to the white Sox because that lineup is scary hours for pitchers yeah i mean i didn't even mention tim anderson yet neither of us have yeah like, oh yeah he's pretty good too i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean they're they, they're a stacked lineup that's a stacked lineup yeah so i got the white Sox. white Sox in three yeah that's a good one okay the next series this game that's playing today if you are a hitter leave your bat in the dugout no point and bring in your bat it's shane bieber against garrett cole yankees indians must watch tv the triple crown winner in bieber what a series i mean i don't know even i don't even know who to pick here but i'll let you start it off because obviously you kind of have it you know these guys a little bit you've seen it yeah well the indians lineup is a lineup that is built on like patience and getting base runners on um, Carlos Santana led the league in walks this year. I think he has like a 190 batting average, but like almost a 400 <laughs> on base percentage. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, I mean, you've got Lindor, Jose Ramirez made a candidacy for MVP in the last like eight games alone where he hit like eight home runs and 
just absolutely crushed. Um, I mean, they're, they're younger or the, the Indians are a little bit younger as far as like the rest of their players. They do have Fran Mil Reyes who can every now and then just hit a ball to the moon. Um, and I, the Yankees are just, they're the Yankees, man. And you got Garrett Cole going for you. That's going to be hard. That's a hard game one to win for them because Shane, as good as Shane Bieber can be, Shane Bieber can't score any runs. Yeah. So if Shane gives up one, I mean, all of a sudden it gets tough. But, uh, dude, this, this could be one of those games that's like 0-0 in the eighth or, or one of them gets knocked out early because I don't know. Has Shane Bieber pitched in the playoffs yet? I, I don't no, know. I don't think he has. I don't think he has. But uh, uh, Shane Bieber, man, just being the triple crown winner as a pitcher – it's just, I mean, it's just stupid. It's like when you go on MLB The Show and you just make all your ratings 99 for a pitcher. Yeah. That's what this guy's doing, man. I mean, do you, have, you, have you got to see him live or do you have any history with Shane Bieber? Because he's disgusting. Yeah, no, I haven't seen – I don't think he pitched against us when we played the Indians this year. Oh, yeah, he did. He did one time. Dude, this is a perfect example, actually. So we were back at home. This is early in the year. Shane Bieber went five innings, gave up two runs, and was not sharp. I mean, he was missing his fastball arm side and up a bunch. His curveball was kind of like not just not quite as sharp. And he still got ten strikeouts. Like he's, I mean, he's just oh that guy. He's just nasty, you know. Yeah. And so the games that he go, but that he's on, he's almost unhittable. His curveball is unbelievable. His fastball is ninety five, and he and he usually is, just spots it up. I mean, up and in, low and away. It doesn't matter. It's got run to it. It's got a little sink to it. Um, dude, that dude is something else. It's incredible. Yeah, no, man. But for in my opinion, the Yankees didn't kind of impress me at the end of the year. The, the Yankees were struggling. The Jays almost snuck up and took the second spot in the AL East. So yeah. I, 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 I'm just not impressed with the Yankees, even though they have good hitters. Giancarlo Stanton loves going one for 24 with 12 strikeouts like I used to do in my oh, Juco oh. career. With a, with a nuke, with a nuke. Yeah. But I'm yeah. going to take the Indians in three here. I'm going to take the Indians in three, not because I hate the Yankees, mainly because I hate the Yankees, and because I love Shane Bieber. I love Carlos Carrasco, his story, everything going. I, I, I'm going to take the Indians here. Right. Indians are, I mean, pitching. Their pitching staff is incredible. So. Um, but, like, at the same time, the Yankees' pitching staff is, is in the flounce. And, you know, they, they did almost give it up to the Blue Jays, but then they didn't because then they just started winning a ton at the end of the season again. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's, so, yeah. Are you, are you sure taking the Yankees, I'm assuming? Yeah, I got the Yankees there. Okay. But there I, mean, I, I could be complete. I could be totally wrong. Might be Indians and two. I have no idea. Okay. And here, we're going to go into the NL, a league where Brault over here is pitched. He's probably pitched against almost every single team. The first I series. Have, actually. You have? Okay. Congrats. I mean, that's, not, that's an incredible accomplishment. I've actually I've pitched in every NL ballpark so far. That's pretty cool. Okay. We got to get you to Rogers Center soon. Maybe free agent. I'm actually going to start that. Like, I'm going to do part of what part of my take does whenever you're a free agent or even negotiating with the Pirates. I'm going to do that Lincoln commercial with Matthew McConaughey where he's like, sometimes you got to go back. And I'm just right. gonna, I'm gonna put an image of you and the Rogers Center. Just get the people going. Maybe start that narrative. We'll work something out here. But, Thanks, appreciate it. But I, this is the series here. This is this is a massive, massive series because it shouldn't be a one versus eight. It's Braves versus Reds. The Reds came in hot. They weren't even in a playoff spot halfway through the year. Maybe three quarters of the way through the year. Braves versus Reds, one versus eight. Braves pitching staff, 29th in the major leagues in ERA. Not great. Not not, not great. Not, not great not against either. the Reds. But And Freddie Freeman, in my opinion, MVP of the National League. I mean, this guy, he's partial Canadian, so that's also why I'm riding with him. Nice. And, and that's why I, I don't even know who to pick here. So I'm going to let you decide here, but I, I honestly have no idea what to go with. 
Well, uh, let's see. The Braves are the Braves, and they have an incredible offense, but their pitching has been very bad. And they didn't really do anything at the deadline to add anybody. They, no. they added Robbie Erlin from us, um, yeah. who was kind of like, you know, supposed to round out the rotation, but he, had a, he struggled yeah. um, when he went over there. Um, dude, the, the Reds are the most underrated team in baseball, in my opinion, because yeah. they did struggle at the beginning of the year. But they got Trevor Bauer, who's disgusting. Luis Castillo, who sits 98 and throws a disgusting oh changeup. And then they got Sonny Gray, who's just, you know, incredible. So they have, they have three, like, top-of-the-line starters. They have a three-headed monster there. And then their, their offense, I mean, they, they added Moose this year, Moustakis, they, they added Castellanos this year. I mean, their, their offense with Suarez and Castellanos and Moustakis and Jesse Winkers had a really good year. Um, That's I mean, my guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. It's just – and, man, and also the, the comment Joey Votto made about – and Sonny Gray made about we packed to be here for a month – just makes me want to run through a brick wall. I yeah. <laughs> and I'm a and I'm a big Jesse Winker guy. He's one he's one like one guy that I kind of attach to because he's come on this podcast. Such a good guy, just like you. So I, I I don't know. My heart wants to go with the with the Reds, but I feel like the Braves lineup man is just too crazy. I just mush myself back, just like what I do in gambling. I'm not going to go with the Braves because my brain's saying Braves. I'm going to ride the the Reds in three. The Reds in three, that's what I'm going to go with because that three-headed monster in the rotation is scary hours. Sonny Gray is going to be hungry. Luis Castillo is going to be hungry. And you got Trevor Bauer, who pretty much is going to steal the Cy Young. He wants it so bad. Right. I mean, I don't know, man. The, Red, the Reds pitching staff is just so good. They're so good. But, you know, but they also hit. I, I think they're a more complete team than the Braves. So yeah. I, would take, I would take the Reds. But, I, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, a three-game series is really like, you know, it's not as much of a crapshoot as a one-game series, but it's still like anything can happen. And yeah, and if you look at three-game series, even in this year, just you have got like the Padres losing two out of three to just a random team. Like they'll just lose two out of three to a random team and they're a wagon. So I have really no idea. I feel like there's going to be a lot of upsets just based off the fact that it's a three-game series. If that, if like a, a lower-tier team like the Reds, who's the eighth seed, steals game one, it, it then they have to win two straight, which is not that which is not that easy to do in the playoffs, right? So no. I don't know. No, but at the same time, you're always I mean in in short playoff series especially, you're looking at you know who's who's starting pitching is gonna is gonna take a day. You know what I mean? Um and the Reds for me obviously are have the starting power. So and Trevor Bauer's probably gonna throw in like three days rest every time. So yeah. he's gonna throw a lot. Yeah, and I I don't even and that bullpen's not that bad. I mean, Iglesias is kind of he's lost me a pretty good amount of money this year when he blows saves. So I I will never never bet on the Reds when when I know Iglesias is going to be close and Iglesias has to come in. But AG is just absolutely carving this year. I think he has a two six ERA. Is that good? You tell me. But I'm going to go with the Reds. Brault's going to go with the Reds. Let's go into the next series here. This is a series that if you would have told me at the start of the year that this is going to happen. I would have told you you're a moron because the Miami Marlins, uh, when, in my mind, I was like, these guys are bum. Like, they're not that good. We got the Chicago Cubs against the Miami Marlins. I didn't even write any stats. I just wrote on my sheet, the Cubs are better. That, that's all I have written down. Yeah, uh, well, yes. However, like, the Marlins have more pieces than you think. You know, you just don't really think about it. But, like, Sandy Alcantara is a really good pitcher. Um, they have Sixto Sanchez, who's – 
Freak. Freak of nature. Oh, my God. Um, and then they, their offensive side, like Corey Dickerson, Cervelli, both guys that we used to have, um, they got uh, – Brian Anderson's been pretty good. You know, uh, I mean, they're just a solid team. Matt Joyce has hit pretty well. Um, I don't see – the Marlins winning the series, but I want them to win the series because yeah. I hate the Cubs. I don't, I don't hate the Cubs guys. They seem like good guys, but the yeah. Cubs as an entity, yes, I hate the Cubs. Um, but like the, the Cubs are, you know, they've, they've performed, they've underperformed this year, especially their offense has underperformed this year. Um, you Darvish has been incredible. So, you know, you Darvish is going to go out and strike out 13, but the question is, will, will he give up zero runs? Yes. Yeah. He's had like, a, he has like a two, with like He's a good, thousand man. strikeouts per nine. Yeah. Um, and then they've also got Lester, who is always good for six shutting the playoffs for whatever reason. Like, it's, he'll, just, he'll just do it. He just always does it. Um, so, I, you know, they're, the Cubs bullpen is not great. Craig Kimbrell loves giving it up. Yeah. I don't know what the deal with that guy is. I have um, no idea. Dude, remember how good he used to be? Like, he, he when he was to come in, it was automatic. Automatic. Yeah, it was automatic. This year, I don't, I don't think they've even – really been bringing him in in pressure no. situations this year, no I, so. I, I don't even think so either man I, I like I the thing about the Cubs is you look at that lineup on paper right I mean you got Baez you got Bryant you got Schwarbo I I think in my mind just looking on it, just based off of me being a dumb guy dumb fan when I look at that lineup compared to the Marlins lineup when you see Cervelli who's been in the league for a while Dickerson all those guys I in my I'm just think I'm just thinking logically the Cubs on paper look way better which might even make the Marlins win. I have no idea what's going on here, and the Cubs' bullpen has struggled this year. I'm going to take the Cubs in three just based off the fact that Chris Bryant is livid with the media. He's livid with everything. He struggled this year. I think he's going to make a statement in the playoffs that he's the top dog, he's the blue-eyed bandit, and the Cubs are going to win, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I would think the Cubs will win too. Um Especially this. Okay, we we keep talking about this. Like, dude, this is oh, this was a sixty game season. So all of these guys would have plenty of time to get their numbers back up to where they normally are. You know, it, throughout a season. The difference is that the Cubs don't have like a solid lineup. They would switch their lineup up like every yeah. day. So yeah. I don't really know. I'm curious to see what their lineup's going to be like going into the playoffs. Like if they're because they've had against us, they had Rizzo lead off one game, they had Schwarber lead off one game, they had Hap lead off the game. Um, oh yeah, Ian Happ out of nowhere, incredible! Oh my year. god, awesome! Um, so like, it, who knows, dude? Wilson Contreras hasn't been hitting well, but Wilson Contreras is a good hitter, so there's no reason to say that they won't they won't hit in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I love. I mean, I love Wilson Contreras. I love Ian Happ. Those two guys for me. When you think of like Cubs players, like gritty blue collared guys that are just nasty the game of baseball, that's what I think about. And I think Anthony Rizzo, too, man. We'd even mention – I'd even mention him. He's also nasty, too, man. So, if the Cubs get hot at the right time, I think they'll beat the Marlins pretty handily. But unless you got Sixto Sanchez, who absolutely can just carve, just carve him up one game, we got a series, right? So, I have no idea. I don't know either. Sixto Sanchez sits 100. I mean, that's that's Jacob DeGrom type stuff. It must suck to do that. Yeah, he's got like a 90-mile-an-hour slider and a 90-mile-an-hour changeup, and they're both absolutely disgusting. (laughs) What what do you – when your, li- when your lineup is facing those guys, though, like when you're in the dugout and all that kind of stuff, do you just look at your hitters and say, honestly, man, I'm praying for you right now, and thank God I don't have to strap these up because I wouldn't even come remotely close to this? Yeah, you're just kind of like, hey, uh, so today we're facing uh, Sixto Sanchez. 
he throws a, a hundred with a 90 mile an hour slider and a 90 mile an hour changeup. And so, uh, good luck. And I truly hope that the pitch that he throws down the middle, you manage to get a barrel on it because yeah. you're not going to hit anything that's on the corner. And that's just not going to happen. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot of, like, you have to, against guys like that, you got to guess. There's, there's some guessing involved. Um, but like Rizzo doesn't care about velocity. doesn't affect him at all. Um, Brian, I, who knows? I mean, Brian was hurt when we played him, so yeah. I don't know how he's doing. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's good. I, I think that'll be a surprise good series. But I do think the Cubs will probably win because they're the Cubs. And yeah, they're they're, team. They've all been in the playoffs so many times. Yeah, I, I, I'll take the Cubs too, Cubs in three. The next series is a series of a team that literally, for me, just came out of nowhere. I mean, the San Diego Padres versus the St. Louis Cardinals. The San Diego Padres, what they did this year, Slam Diego, whatever you want to call them, was idiotic. It was disgusting. Some yeah. of the stuff, they are so good. That lineup, you got Will Myers, who came out of nowhere. He's nasty again. Manny Machado, he's disgusting again. He's back on the mat. Tatis Jr., obviously. Cronenworth. I mean, that lineup is just unbelievable. I mean, I, I think the series isn't even close. Like, I think it's 2 nothing, just based off the fact that, I mean, the Padres lineup is just – you can't compare any lineup to it, right? Yeah, true. However, they, they're not sure if they're going to have Denelson Lamette. You know, he was – he kind of got hurt, and they're not sure if he's going to be able to go. Yeah. But, you know, Zach Davies has been incredible this year. He's going he's gonna to give you a solid outing. The Cardinals offense just hasn't been there, you know, consistently. But you still have Paul Goldschmidt. You got Tommy Edmund. You got Paul Young. I mean, these are guys that can hit. Um, Paul Goldschmidt is, is going to hit. He's, he's going to hit. He's one of those guys where when he comes up to the plate, you just kind of go like, ah, we'll, we'll try to throw some good pitches and maybe he'll swing at him and get himself out. Or maybe he won't, and he'll, you know, or he'll give up a hit, whatever. He's just one of those guys that, like, you almost have no control over. It's just like, I could throw the best pitch in the world here and it's still my hit a home run. Um, and he can do that. So Cardinals are still a dangerous team. Um, and you got Flaherty. You got uh, – I don't know how to say his name. The, the Korean guy, Kim. Um, left-hander. Um, I think that? it's – I think it's – I don't want to butcher it. I don't want to butcher it because I'm a more – like I said, I'll butcher it. 100% yeah, I'll Kim. butcher it. His last name is Kim. Okay. He's, he's a Korean pitcher, left-hander. Has had an incredible year. Has been nasty all year. So, um, I mean, the Cardinals are, are a playoff team. You know what I mean? They're a team that always plays well in the playoffs. They're hard to beat. They're, they're, not, they're not ever going to roll over. So, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Yeah, and they had one of the weirdest celebrations ever. You have the Brewers and the Cardinals celebrating together on the field and making the playoffs after splitting a series. It was one of the weirdest things I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> do you think that's ever happened in the game of baseball? Because I, I doubt it. That, I mean, that's I just know. the weirdest thing ever. I mean, you, the chances are much lower because you only had two wild cards – or, yeah – Two wild cards, four. Now you got four, so it's different. But you know what's funny is like the I just re realized this. The National League Center, Central, that's what we're in, right? National League Central, four out of the five teams are making the playoffs. That's weird. That wow. is really weird. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Holy yeah, Cubs, shit. Brewers, Cardinals, Reds, all of them made it. Wow. Now I hate myself even more. Thanks. Appreciate you. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> mean, you're a great rocker. You guys are getting Kumar Rocker, who just decides to just carve up Duke for no reason, just 10 punches, whatever. I mean, mm. how, 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 have you got to see what the Cardinals' bullpen does? Because like, obviously you're a guy that's you're, – you're just chilling in the dugout. You're just, you're, yeah. you're just watching the game. But 
I, I just I didn't write any numbers down, but what I wrote was is the Cardinals have a good bullpen, which I'm assuming means they have a good bullpen based off of my mind. Okay. Is this true? Is this true? Did, did I write down the right things? I could be wrong on that. Yeah, they got Gomber, Lefty, Gant. Um, Gant has been really good. Carlos Martinez was kind of starting, kind of leaving to get tough here. Yeah. Tough. And oh, my God. His ERA was five times his body weight. It, it was yeah, a tough look. Not ideal. Um, who else do they have? They have that lefty um, who we had, Webb, Todd Webb, um, throws 88 but nasty cutters. Um, I mean, they're once again, they're the Cardinals, dude. They just yeah. – people yeah. perform well for them. It's just one of those teams. So, I – yeah, they're bullpen solid. <laughs> it's yeah. nothing special, but it's not bad. It's solid. They don't have their big boy at the end, which is a bummer. Um, he'll be back next year. Yeah, that's a that tough bounce. Picks, so. That's a tough bounce. That's yeah. a really tough bounce. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, what, t- Fernando Tatis Jr., I mean, a guy in the league, obviously he's not on your team. Have you kind of got the opportunity to just watch what he's been able to do and just think, I can't believe what like the kind of stats or just how hot this guy was this year? Because – Obviously, I'm not a Padres fan. I, to be honest, I didn't really watch Padres games until this year. And just seeing what that guy's doing for me is incredible, especially at the big league level at his age. Yeah, well, I am a Padres fan because I grew up in San Diego. I'm currently in San Diego. So I actually watch a lot of Padres games throughout the season. Um, like, because perfect being on the East Coast, I get home at like 1030 yeah. and their games are just kind of starting, you know, second or third inning by the time I get home. Um, so I actually watch a lot of Padres baseball and they're just, a very complete team in general. But Tatis, I knew he was going to be really good. Everybody did. But for me personally, I don't know if people know this, but last year that video <clears throat> of Tatis tagging up from third on a pop-up to the second baseman yeah. was when I was pitching. Oh, so, God. Yeah. So believe me, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. He's just like – he's just a special player, man. He plays so hard. He's really good on de- – well, I think he's actually – pretty much major league average on defense, but he does yeah. make some really nice plays, but his offense is incredible. The swings he takes, he's, he's taking mammo hacks. I mean, he's not, he's not like shortening up, you know, but with him, Machado, Cronenworth, who's had a really good season. Um, Hosmer, I think has actually done pretty well again, which is cool. Uh, Myers had a crazy good season. Yeah. I mean, they're a good team. That's a really good team. Yeah, I think the Padres win for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Padres in two. I'm just gonna be I'm gonna be conservative here. I'm gonna take the Padres in two just based off the fact that they're a wagon. I mean, they're a wagon of a team. But before we get into the next series, I wanted to ask you this because there's obviously a lot of a lot of talk, a lot of stir up about the NL Cy Young Award. Trevor Bauer's tweeting about it. He's Instagramming about it. He's making YouTube videos about it, which is fine. Growing the game of baseball. Who do you think is the NL Cy Young Award winner? I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna say it's obviously Trevor Bauer. That guy's strikeouts, his ERA. He just – I mean, what, he's been, what he did on three days rest last week was incredible. So, I'm going to take Trevor Bauer. It's Trevor Bauer. I, I don't think you could – like what he said, I don't see how you could see it any other way. That yeah. guy's a – like DeGrom, once again, great year. But he got hurt in the middle of the year, so he, his numbers just can't compare to what Bauer did. And Bauer was consistently every game really good, you know. And, like, he's – Bauer's incredible. He's, he's a great pitcher. His personality can, can get on you sometimes. You know, I think everybody can agree with that. But he loves baseball. He, like, he's trying to change the game. He's trying to grow it. Like, I respect that a lot. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I, the things he says, I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah. Can I say that out loud? All right. But no. at the same time, dude, he's disgusting, and he's the Cy Young winner this year. Yeah, there it is. Breaking news, Cy Young Award winner Trevor Bauer. But 
is you obviously you're in the league you see how some of the like how rob manford is and all that kind of stuff do do you think players say what they're thinking to trevor bauer in hopes that he kind of vocalizes it and makes it public because trevor bauer has just openly displayed how much he hates rob manford which is acceptably so in my opinion i'm not a big rob manford guy but do you think that some guys in the league appreciate what he does speaking out against rob manford and some guys are like what are you doing like just just shut up yeah, I think I think it goes both ways. You know, everybody's going to have their own opinion on everything, but Bauer is one of the very few people that lets his opinion be known about everything. Um, you know, there's when people try to change the game, there's always going to be people pushing back, and whether that be what Manfred is doing with some of the rule changes or what Trevor Bauer is doing with like, you know, Trevor Bauer still has claimed he's never going to sign a big contract. I don't oh. know if that's true. He says he wants to just to mess up like the contract, like how shady it's been recently. Trevor Bauer has said he's going to do only one year deals. Wow. I didn't even know that. I yeah. honestly didn't even know that. We'll see if he actually does it because that's leaving a lot of guaranteed money on the table. But the truth is if you're signing one year deals and you shove and you get like, let's say he signs a one year, like $30 million contract and then shoves the next year, he's going to get offered it again, maybe even more by a different team. Um, and that's, that's what he said he's going to do. The problem being, if you get hurt or you don't do well for a year, your value goes down immediately. You don't get that makeup year, you know, where you're on a three or four year contract. So I don't know if he's actually going to do it, but it would be pretty crazy to see. It would be, man. I mean, and even seeing him speak up against like a powerhouse agent, Scott Boris, and I have a couple guys that are friends that, that have been on the show that are Boris guys, and they just despise Trevor Bauer, which, which, which makes it when your agent gets bashed like that by right. a major league player. Um, it's actually crazy. I mean, do you guys talk about that, though? I mean, are you guys talking about like, do you see what Trevor tweeted today? Or do you see what Trevor put on YouTube? Or you guys are just not really paying attention to what he's doing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. What's funny is, like, we also talk about, like, he has the vlog, you know? Yeah. Where he's yeah. always, like, he just records everything. And so we're talking about when he came out of the game against us. Um, and this is – so he, he had a game against us in doubleheader where in the sixth inning he just threw 13 curveballs. He didn't throw a single other pitch and got two strikeouts. It was hilarious. <laughs> and he goes in, and you know, as soon as he goes into the, the clubhouse – his guys are there, you know, videotaping the things he's doing after he comes out of start. And that's got to be weird. You know, like, yeah. as a teammate, as another player, it's got to be a little strange. But you know what, dude? Do your thing. You're one of the best pitchers in baseball. What can I say? I can't say anything. Like, yeah, no, it makes sense. And being a guy that used to be in, like, a club, like not a major league clubhouse, but used to be in a clubhouse, I just find it so weird. And I'm not, like, oh, I respect what he's doing. I just find it weird having a guy in the clubhouse, in the change room, with a, with a like, where it's supposed to be private, where it's, like, it's supposed to be, like, team bonding experience, with a camera, like, just recording himself. And you never yeah. know what you could see in the backgrounds. Maybe something could pop out. I don't know. But what I'm saying is just, like, I feel like my, my privacy would be, kind of taken away if a guy's just constantly recording himself in the clubhouse wherever he changed I, I don't know yeah no you're right and I, I don't know I don't know if he's regarded as a good guy to have in the clubhouse or not I don't know because I don't really know any of the Reds guys personally but uh, dude, I just who yeah. knows it makes it's got to be weird whether or not you're cool with it he's a cool dude whatever it's it's got to be weird yeah it's got to be borderline weird and I wanted to bring because this year it was kind of shitty for me before we go into the last series I honestly was – I've never been to PNC Park. I was looking forward to coming down to visit you guys. I mean, 
you, you you have been to you've been to, like you said every every National League park and yeah. put your biases aside here. Do you think PNC Park? Because based off pictures of what I've seen, I think it's the nicest park in the National League by a million, just based off that backdrop and all that kind of stuff. But do you think PNC Park is the nicest field in the whole National League? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about it. Petco is really nice too. Um, what people don't realize stuff that we see because when you kind of see it from above. Um, you don't really see how good the fields are, you know, how good the grass is because everything just looks perfect from above. Our grounds crew is the best in baseball. There's no question. Our field is perfectly pristine every single day. It's amazing. So the field, the playing surface is perfect. Anybody who comes into town, like they've, I've been watching like Sunday night baseball and stuff when they do interviews with people during the game. And like everybody says PNC Park because it's absolutely gorgeous. The, the background is incredible. Playing surface is great. Stadium, the way it's like open in the back. I mean, it's just so cool. It's it's the best. It's the most beautiful ballpark. Um, has to be. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just looking at pictures of it, man. I mean, obviously, it's, with COVID, I couldn't have went this year, but it just looks insane. So let's go into the last series here. This is a series of a team that let's just say it doesn't have. They they have they have struggles when the playoffs hit. When the bright lights hit, it's Los Angeles Dodgers against the Milwaukee Brewers, a Milwaukee Brewers team that just snuck into the playoffs. Like, I had no idea. Yesterday, I had no idea that they were in the playoffs. I assume the Phillies or the Giants kind of snuck in, but the Brewers are in, so which is cool. What do you think about this series? Because the Dodgers, Dustin May, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, I've heard of them, three arguably just the nastiest pitchers in baseball. What do you think about the series? Because I think the Dodgers are just – they. I think they're going to win the National League this year. Yeah, I don't see how they don't. Like, I don't even know what else to say. They're the best team. <laughs> yeah. They're stupid good. Like, they're, they're, overall, their offense, their defense, their pitching, their, their bench. I mean, they, they're the best team. The only reason they lose is if they don't play well. Yeah. And I don't see that happening. So, yeah, I think the Dodgers are winning. I, uh, I don't want to say they're going to win at all, but Dodgers are definitely going to win the series, in yeah. my mind. Yeah, and like, we're only going to do the, the wild card games, obviously, in this episode, and then Sunday we'll break down the, how these games went for Monday, sorry, Monday's episode. But what, what Christian Yelich has done this year, man, I just don't know what's going on with that guy. I mean, last year obviously wins the MVP, and like you said, it's only 60-game season. You have the rest of the year to kind of bounce back. But what Christian Yelich is doing this year, his average is way below what it's always been. He hasn't been hitting the ball real well. He has a lot of strikeouts. I just don't think the Brewers kind of have a chance in this series unless their pitchers just absolutely carve up that Dodgers lineup that's on like not yeah, fair. Really good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, Woodruff is nasty. Throws a hundred. Yeah. Of course, everybody throws a hundred. I don't. Why am I playing <laughs> baseball? Um, Woodruff is nasty. They've got you know Corbin Burns has been quietly like the best one of the best pitchers in baseball too. At a, at kind of at it nowhere because he's been in their bullpen the last few years and like not all that great but this year absolutely incredible um i don't even i don't even know. they have hater and they got um the guy they got from the cubs what is his name um oh my gosh roddy throws a splitter ah anyway um and they so their bullpen's pretty solid um but i mean well 
I don't. I just don't see him beating the Dodgers, man. I don't know. It's hard to see anybody beating the Dodgers, honestly. It's it's the most unfair. That's why there's no cap in baseball, just to have super teams like this. Is the Dodgers, and you just they just signed Mookie Betts. Ever heard of him? Like one of the best yeah. players in baseball. It's so unfair. And like I said, I'm not a big Dodgers guy, but we're gonna pretend that I'm a Dodgers guy because we might be getting Dustin May on the podcast in the off season. So we're just gonna we're just gonna we're gonna say we're Dodgers guys. Here. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I'm going to take the Dodgers in two. I mean, I just don't see another reason off yeah. of the fact that why the Dodgers don't why the Dodgers don't sweep. Well, I've always hated the Dodgers growing up in San Diego, um, and I still hate the Dodgers because now whenever whenever you pitch against the Dodgers, it's like, God, I hope I don't give up ten runs. <laughs> that's, just, that's what it feels like. You know, they're just they're, – they're line up everybody that comes up. Like, you're just like, all right, another guy, another guy, another guy, another guy. There's really no breaks at all. Um but, you know, dude, baseball is a crazy game. It could yeah. happen, but I don't think it's going to. I wouldn't hate to see it. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't hate to see it. Then that would be, I mean, two massive up death, upsets, the Jays upsetting the Rays. So oh, right, I, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it, man. I mean, like I said, everyone, every single Monday. And when I say this, when I say this, ladies and gentlemen, when I say Stephen Brault is the man of the people, you just love to see it. I hit him. I hit him up with a text message, and two minutes later, he responds, let's do it. I'd love to do it. That's why this is the kind of guy, like I said, godfather of my kid, like the movie. I come up to him with favors and he helps me out. So that's what Just we're going to do. That's what we're going to do, man. But Dude, um, I, I'm excited to do this, uh, do this weekly. It's going to be super fun. I, I, I feel like I have to say, because I don't know how this works, that I'm not gambling on baseball or, or anything, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's like uh, who knows what that what that line is there, <laughs> um, but dude, it's it's gonna be a really fun playoffs to watch, dude. I am so excited. Like, I'm gonna watch as like there's there's eight games tomorrow. It's there's stupid. It's stupid. It's it's so dumb. It's insane. Yeah. And uh, and and we got Glass now. Glass now going tomorrow, man. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. text him. I promised him I text him two days before every start. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do. It. I'm gonna let him stay dialed in. I mean, okay. what, I mean, I'm I'm so excited for that. And sorry, Jays, tomorrow you might be dead to me. I might be rooting for the race tomorrow. <laughs> we'll, we'll just see. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of it's you have friends. You know, it's like a personal friend, so it's kind of tr- kind of trumps yeah. the team. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Yeah. you're definitely right on that, man. But there you go, ladies and gents. I mean, this is something that might break the internet. Just two guys going out at a JUCO bandit, a major league baseball player. Two things you never picture in the year 2015, we'll say, when I was hitting 320, one of the best high school hitters in Canada. We'll pretend that mm-hmm. I was, but I wasn't. Right, but, right. Um, Brault, I mean, I'm excited for this. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up for today. Right off the bat here, right off this episode drops, we're going to be having Shane yeah, Bieber, Shane Bieber, Garrett Cole. I mean, ever heard of those two pitchers? So buckle right. up, ladies and gents. Grab a Michelob Ultra, White Claw, maybe a tin of White Skull Claw. Straight. White Claw guy. I'm going to have, I don't know, eight, ten today? Okay. There it is. This Confirmed. Is first, first full day of being at home in San Diego. I'm going to enjoy it and watch baseball. Yeah. No, I'm excited for it. And uh, like I said, everyone, every Monday when we do drop in the episode, get the people going. Get the, get the, get the tingles through the body with Stephen Brault. So uh, there it is. Stay tuned, everyone. Electric baseball coming up. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.